2: Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's the so they played so far.
3: Everything would have had it too. to
2: I don't give a shit who we're playing. I don't get that play playing against you. and make his ass quit. That's our framework.
0: That's our MO with the team. We all
1: know.
0: Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone.
1: This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the
3: tide, honey Badger. I... Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama football podcast powered by Bama Hammer. Perception, perception, perception. The beauty of this game is in the eye of the beholder. Tom, what dost thou behold?
2: Man, I bought a lot of Alabama players laying on their back on the field. Our doctors got overtime, man. They got got time and a half in this football game. I'm used to seeing a well-conditioned Alabama team uh, watch other players, you know, clap as other players go to the sideline. I lost count with all the guys that we had go down, man. This is not the way you want a game against the Catamounts before you play your in-state rival.
3: No, it's not. And the, these Catamounts, uh, they bring out the injury bug with us. It wasn't it Brody Croyle who uh, broke his knee against uh, uh, Western Carolina several years ago. It just uh, This team seems to bring it out. Uh, it was very frustrating. At one play, we've got two offensive linemen definitely down on the ground. Uh, I would jokingly say that uh, the trainer gets a mini game ball, but uh, you know that's never what what we want to see. And you know, at one point it was like, can we just double the check that we're going to write you guys and let's call this done because you know the rate of attrition here, you know, was was not sustainable.
2: Now, I was just going to say one that point, one play uh, where those two offensive linemen went down on the same play. You know, we haven't seen that in a while where we've got two Alabama players both on their back. And uh I was like, Wow man, this is getting ugly fast.
3: Yeah, it, it you know, it, when I saw that I there's a part of me that just wanted to turn the T V off and say, Well, you know, maybe I'm jinxing them by watching or something because, you know, this is uh you know, there's you know, never really had any concern that we were gonna lose the game, but you know, you got so many players going down that uh you know, it really puts a jeopardy with uh with what we can accomplish this season you know I don't, we'll talk about auburn a little bit and and what could be around the corner but uh you know you lose some critical guys and in, in, in this game uh a game that you know we went on to win and uh went on to put on uh put up pretty good numbers but uh some of the injuries uh fortunately some of the reports out uh from practice are generally positive but um you know, we we seem to come out very lackadaisical in in this game. And you know, why don't you pick out a couple of things on offense and uh, let's kind of let's kind of talk through them. What uh, what did you see, good or bad, on offense?
2: You know, I guess the first thing um, that that really jumped out to me was probably, you know, I guess it was probably the uh, the play of Chris Black. You know, I know he didn't start the game. He got a lot of his work in the second half but I really thought that he made some good plays. Uh, I thought they used him to drag him behind the line of scrimmage, a la Chris John Jones. Uh, He seemed to come in and and play the role that our Darius Stewart was playing in the first half and uh, made some difficult catches and uh, fought for yards. And uh, he's a kid that I'd like to see on the field more.
3: Yeah, you've been calling for Chris Black uh, a lot. And, you know, he had his first uh, 100 yard day, so uh, he definitely put up some good numbers. You know, there was a lot of youth uh, that was served. I like seeing our uh, Darius uh, get some run. Uh, I, I especially liked the play of Tyron Jones uh, 11 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. He looked, um, he just looked very patient, j- incredible vision uh to pick his holes to work and weave uh throughout traffic uh and then when he got a burst. There were a couple times it looked like uh in in the way he sort of demonstrated himself at the end of a of a carry that he was just a step away from breaking uh, a couple of long runs. And I know you gotta give uh you know you gotta consider the, the opponent, but man, he looks like he has a lot of promise.
2: Well he just for a guy his size, right? I mean, he, he's a guy that he's a guy that, you know, he doesn't run like a five foot nine, you know, 200 pound guy, you know, he doesn't have thick legs. Um, he's not a bowling ball, but his legs don't stop. Uh, he's constantly turning those legs, constantly fighting for yards. You know, he, he definitely shows that he needs to be the number three guy right now. Uh, I did see, uh, I did enjoy seeing a 10 penny. Um, I'm yep. glad, you know, we talked about who was going to get the carries. Well, you know, we even gave Jostin Fowler five carries that we can talk about in a minute. But I, weren't you surprised, given what had happened the week before, are you surprised out of 45 carries that Tenpenny got 11 of them? I didn't think he'd see the ball that many times.
3: No, I'm I'm not surprised. I know that we wanted to throw the ball around a little bit uh especially i think uh i think we should have started the game for, uh running the ball a lot more uh they were down two defensive tackles they were playing two freshman uh defensive tackles we should have just lined up and and uh you know pulled uh some plays from uh the Dawlings playbook and just tried to pound them because i think we just could have beaten into submission we you know that coin kind of flipped on us when we had some injury uh, most notably, you know, Cooper, but then Stewart gets hurt as well. I think at some point we had to start passing the ball a little bit more to give some of the younger guys uh, some run in the passing game. Uh, you know, Cameron Sims and, and Robert Foster probably saw saw more in Chris Black, probably saw more time passing the ball uh, than we would have seen had it not been for the injuries of the wide receiver. And that's sort of a pet theory that I have that when we should have – run the ball, we didn't, we passed. And then when we could have run the ball more, we didn't because we needed to see uh, some of the younger guys run routes because we didn't know what we were going to have available to us uh, the rest of the season. That's sort of a pet theory that I have. I don't know if you have any thought or reaction to that.
2: No, I definitely think that we should have run the ball more. I think we were too cutesy at the beginning of the game. You know, I guess a couple things I will mention – Uh, To that regard is, um, you know, we had the we had the third and goal play in the first quarter uh, where we were at the three yard line and uh, Blake Sims fakes the ball to to uh, Henry, you know, going to the right. David, he had two linemen pulled ahead of him, including Fowler to make it three to block one DB. I could have scored that touchdown on the right end. Instead, yeah. he chose to keep the ball around the left end and, you know, gets no yards. And Saban is lighting up Lane Kiffin and Blake Sims when he comes off the sideline. I think we just got a little too cute for our britches at the beginning of this ball game, Because, you know, to your point, to your point, we had been, you know, running the ball very effectively on that drive. We had short field position. You know, we should have just simply pounded the ball Second and goal at the three, we try to throw the ball. Third and goal at the three, we try to throw the ball, and instead we only get a field goal out of that in that first uh, that first quarter.
3: Yeah, that was that was frustrating. What did you think about uh, when Cameron Robinson went down? Some of the rotation that we did at the left tackle. I think we brought immediately uh, off the bench. We brought uh, Dominic Jackson uh, into that position, which was interesting. But then coming out of halftime uh we uh we we kind of uh put Austin Shepard over at the left guard, and then we kind of ran some combination of Grant Hill at the right tackle and uh, I think Dominic Jackson got some run over there as well. What do you think about how uh, we responded to uh cam going down at the left tackle spot
2: well you're definitely you're definitely reading my notes, which is not possible because you're in a different part of the country than I am currently, but that was my next example. I thought that was one of the keys of this football game is we had just you know Derrick Henry had just fumbled on the 12 yard line giving them a short field to to make it a 17-14 game and Cam Robinson goes down on a third and one at their 38 and so I thought this was one of the keys to the game I thought this is where where uh coach Saban was like I don't care who just got hurt we're going for it on fourth and one, and we're going to exert our will over Western Carolina, the Catamounts, and we're going to get this game going where it needs to be going. And so yes. I think it was huge on that play that he actually put Austin Shepard at left tackle. Excuse me. He did an unbalanced line on that play, and so he had Dominic Jackson at left tackle, but he had Austin Shepard outside of Dominic Jackson. So he had Airy, Dominic, and Austin Shepard. And then he brought in Brandon green. And so he overloaded the beef on the left side there and said, by damn, we're getting a yard period. Right. We're getting a yard. We're Alabama. <laughs>
3: here's where we're running. The, yeah. Here's where we're running the ball. Dare us dare, dare to stop it.
2: And then Derrick Henry proceeded to get six yards there. And I really think that gave them a little kick in the butt that they needed to, you know, to get things going in the, football game and I thought that was huge because to your point we just lost our left tackle and he said screw it we're still running to the left I don't care right
3: right yeah I think that I think that one uh uh you know we've talked about definitely Kiffin having free run over the play call uh, if if there were a if there were a play a single play all season where maybe that wasn't true I would I would point to that one because uh, I don't I don't see it in Kiffin it, just because we haven't seen it this season where we're gonna we're gonna trot out an unbalanced line such an obvious run uh, jumbo package that's a super jumbo package and then run run right behind it I've not seen us do anything so pronounced so per, you know so obvious uh, in in the alignment that uh, you know, as we've done there, and I think that was that was Saban's doing. We're going to line up. We're going to get this first down, and then we're just going to. And, and it did seem to flip the switch of the team. You know, the whole persona of the team uh, seemed to uh, seemed to change at that point. And of course, you know, the game was in hand. Anything on offense? Anything else on offense that uh, that you saw that really jumped out at you?
2: Yeah, I just think that. Um, uh, well, a couple different things. First of all, uh, I think our Darius Stewart is uh was you know before he got hurt was getting used uh in a very versatile way. You know, the announcers said la Kenyon Drake, and uh I think that's true. Um sure. Stewart was lining up in the slot, he was lining up at the line of scrimmage, he was lining up as h back, he was motioning to the right, motioning to the left. It's interesting, you know, what they've done over the past couple weeks in practice with him, number one. Um, number two, and and I think if you look at the guy, right, he does have some of the skill set than Kenyon Drake. Even his build, even looks like a Kenyon Drake. But I think when Amari Cooper went down uh, on that play, and let me just say real quick, DBs out there learn how to tackle. Uh, you know, you you hear me, you hear me complain all the time that the back four don't know how to tackle. They tackle like girls. They either just you know bump them on the shoulder to the side or then they try to dive at their legs. Well, you and I saw Julio Jones get hurt the same way when a guy put yep. his helmet on a player's knee. And so had that guy tackled Amari Cooper the way football players tackle, Amari Cooper would have never gotten banged up. But I think after Amari Cooper went out, I think it kind of forced Blake Sims to do some things that he's not used to doing, which is looking for – you know his, his, his safety blanket was gone. And he had to suddenly start going through his progressions. And the biggest thing that jumped out to me was that you've got a young kid in there and Cam Sims and our and Darius Stewart. And a couple times they were running routes. One of them was doing wrong. Who knows which one, right? But they were right yeah. on top of each other. And so I, I, I was surprised with DeAndre White not playing and Amari Cooper having just gone down. I'm surprised that Blake Sims did not look to the senior leadership of Chris John Jones with the ball, and instead we were going so heavy to the young guys that that just kind of surprised me
3: well you know of the eleven guys who caught passes, Chris John Jones caught one this this week, but he had one for eleven and and you know, to your point with uh you know DeAndrew out and of course Yellen was out too and so you could you could you could reason that that contributes to the offense being a little off-kilter you know I don't know how strong of a case you'd have there but uh you would think that you would go with the ball more frequently to Christian Jones if he would be especially once Cooper goes down uh you know It seems that Sims has an affinity for Chris Black, which is interesting. I think some of that goes back. We saw that a lot last year. I think some of that goes back to their time on the practice squad. So at least he was able to find and use him. But I would have expected more from Christian Jones. And, and, you know, kind of back to your point with our Darius and Cam Sims kind of literally running into each other. And and, uh, that, I think, led to the interception that Sims had. Um, It it, it makes you wonder if that's why we're not seeing – uh, you know, we've been asking, where are these guys? Where are these guys? Well, I wonder if that's where they are. They, they're not learning, uh, the route, co- uh, tree the route combinations. And so when they get out there, they run into each other. Um, you know, that's a quick way to find uh, the sideline if, if that's what we're seeing a lot of in practice.
2: No, absolutely. And, and I will say that, you know, Sabin. Um switching gears to injuries for a quick second. Um, you know, Saban's real coy. He doesn't like to talk about this kind of stuff. And so, you know, he 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 only mentioned Brian Vogler and Ardarius Stewart, but he but he said, you know, we'll see how the rest of them progress through the week. Well, I'm just gonna tell you that of those players, um I think Brian Vogler is a biggie. Um, because Brian Vogler is the closest thing we have to the set of Michael Williams and Brian Vogler helps that running game go at the line of scrimmage and no offense to O. J. Howard or Dakota Ball or Ty Florney Smith, but they don't make the running game go the way Brian Vogler does. And so I was happy that Brian Vogler had finally started coming back after the past couple of weeks. And yep. uh that 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 injury concerns me.
3: Well he's a he's a guy that you wonder why would we not hold him out in this, in this kind of game? Because he has, he has been struggling, but, you know, we could say that about a lot of different guys, I guess, but uh, I think the, uh, the, you know, the statement, and I kind of underscore what you say here, Brian Vogler is is, uh, probably the best player that no one knows who he is uh, on the team. Uh, And in terms of what he can contribute and, and what he, he does. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at Forney Smith, that we're not seeing more of him. I don't know that he saw action in the game. He certainly didn't catch a pass. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, Fikane, uh caught a pass. I guess I was a little bit surprised to, by that. We went to Howard uh, a couple of times, uh, which was good to see him involved. But, you know, it was almost a too little too late, I think, at, at this point. Um, I was glad well, to see should, the
2: well, – Well, we should have seen, to your yeah. point, we should have seen a heavy dose of Brandon Green in Dakota ball. Instead of Brian yeah. Vogler. There was no need for Brian Vogler to be in that football game. Right. Not with what yeah. you've got laying ahead seven days later.
3: No, and and just the myriad of injuries that he's had. And and I understand a competitor wants to play. Uh, you know, if you would have let uh DeAndre White play and if you would have let uh, T J Yeldon play, they would have played, right? Uh if you would have yet let some of those guys come back. Um, you know, after injury that uh, the coach says could have come back. They would have played. A competitor wants to play. I understand that. Sometimes you have to protect them from themselves. And uh, Vogler, uh, to me, seems like would have been a candidate. And again, you could say this about a lot of guys, but you know, Vogler, I think the the case is there that, you know, he's already banged up. He's already, you know, struggling to kind of make it through the week. Uh, dude, let's get you another another day of rest. Let's not re-aggravate anything. And, and sure enough, what do we do, we go out and re-aggravate something. So, um, you know, and he he and Ardarius are the most questionable for uh, you know coming up, and so that's where it's a little bit frustrating. Ardarius probably had one of his better games in, in terms of the responsibilities that he was given, and Vogler may be playing a game that you could argue he shouldn't have been playing. So that's a little frustrating. I was glad to see the walk on. I'm going to butcher his name, uh, but Michael uh, uh, Nice one, uh, Wonder or Nice Wonder, Nice Wonder. I'm going to just slay his name, but uh, he had a nice catch for a touchdown. Uh, looked really good, you know, kind of looking the ball in, uh, tucking it away, and then scoring a touchdown. It was good to see the rest of the team sort of celebrate with him. It wasn't just – he didn't just celebrate with sort of the the other walk-ons that, uh, you know, some of the front-line guys were there celebrating with him. EJ Yeldon
2: was was one of the first ones to come up to the sideline when he came off.
3: Yeah, and so that's that's something that, that speaks to team chemistry. Uh, you know, when when a, a walk-on's going to score, of course all of the other walk-ons, he is the embodiment of sort of a walk-on program, right? And So all the other walk ins are, are going to be excited. But it's easy to have on a team, you know, two classes, you know, the scholarship class and the walk-on class, and, and uh, uh, a lot of times the intermingle may not be there. But on, on this team, it looks like, uh, that's not so much the case that there was a lot of celebration uh and, uh, and satisfaction across the team that uh, that he had an opportunity to score so hat's off to him that's uh you know everyone has a chance to compete and play but uh you know it's something special for a walk on to get to do that so hat's off to michael
2: no absolutely what what was your what was your take on the play of jacob coker i I credit sabin for for having Coker start the second half. Um, You know, you and I have asked for that on games in the past. This might be the first time against an opponent like this that we've seen it, right? How many how many times have we said that, you know, we'd like the, you know, it's a good transition point to let the backup come in at the start of the second half. You know, I I point to one third down completion uh, that he had to Chris Black across the middle uh, where Chris Black was obviously his second or third progression. And uh, he hit him in stride on a on a laser pass that just re- looked really really good. I know I know that you know I know that there's some other things that that he still needs to work on, um, but he does seem to have a little more command of the offense now than he did.
3: Yeah, he really did. I I expected uh, Sims to come back and the the, the starters to come back uh, at half, and I know we've called for it and, and uh, we don't get it. Uh, I wonder if Saban said fully on this. We're getting the the starters out, and, you know, we're not, you know.
2: Enough injuries,
3: yep. Yeah, I know that I have my typical script, but I'm going to set that down, and uh, we're going to do something different here in the second half because we can't afford to have some of these guys hurt. It looked like a couple times uh, slick turf. Uh, You know, Sims uh, a couple times just fell down. Uh, He made a couple of plays where it looked like, uh, you know, a foot slip. Uh, you know, he could have he could have potentially been injured. So I wonder if, if uh, coach didn't say, you know, we're just bringing in the backups. I think Coker looked. I'm going to say two things that, that are contradictory, and I don't, I don't mean them that way, but I think Coker looked sharp. Uh, he was 12 of 18, 115 for a touch. Um, at the same time, he just se- he seemed to have uh, when the camera focused on him. He just seemed to be, you know, wide eyed, you know, he, his play didn't suggest it as much, but when, when the camera looked at him, he just looked like he had deer in the headlights. So I don't know if that's just, you know, how he looks during the game. I don't know if that's, if he's still, you know, cause this is the first prolonged action he's had in what month now. So right. uh, I don't know if there's a little bit of nerves there. This is a game where he knew that he was going to come in and, and get a couple of possessions and, and so there's the pressure that comes with that. Uh, I thought he acquitted himself well, but I thought he looked like a guy, uh, although he looked more comfortable than he had earlier in the season, he looked like a guy that it wasn't his team. And guess what? It's not. And so had he played all season, you know, he would look more comfortable. But, you know, clearly, you know, and I'm not trying to revive that discussion. Sims won this job. Sure. I'm, ju- I'm sure. just saying that that, that that Coker has the opportunity to, to really build on this experience, and you know, he'll be the front runner in the competition uh, going into going into spring drills.
2: Well, it was it was, um, and, and that's true. That that th- that third and nine he did at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where where he hit Chris Black on a deep cross for 26 yards. That was just a thing of beauty. I mean, that was just a rocket arm between the hashes, and that's not a throw that that we're going to get from Blake Sims right now. Plain and simple. It's just not a throw yeah, yeah, we're yeah, not, yeah. not going to get from him. Yeah. I will tell you, though, just like I would be frustrated with the play calling when Blake Sims is in there, I do want to point out on the first drive Jacob Coker was in the game in the third quarter, we're driving down the, ball, down the field pretty easily with Tyron Jones. We've got a third and seven at the 10, and Coker throws the ball in the flats in the left flats at the line of scrimmage to malcolm fashon for a loss of one yard yes okay on first down he was late on a slant pass in the end zone to robert robert foster but my question there is on third and seven at the ten let the kid take another shot in the end zone try to build his confidence try to let the second offense now granted you were talking about, you know, running the number twos in there. The first string line was still in there with Coker, which is yeah. interesting, yeah. right? He didn't want yeah. Coker to get hurt, which is why Brian Vogler got hurt, right? Because Brian Vogler was in there on that first drive in the third quarter when he went down. Well, yeah. um, I'm just – are you surprised on third and seven there that he's throwing out there in the flats to the line of scrimmage as opposed to take them letting him take a strike in the end zone there?
3: Well – yeah, if that's the if that's the called play and, and you know, without having gone back and watched that a couple of times, you know, I wonder if if the intended receiver wasn't someone else and uh and, and they were just covered right at the line and, and he went to the he went to the check down maybe quicker than he should have. There's there's gonna be a world of, of sort of sequential information there that that we may never know, right? But uh it could be that someone else uh, was the number one receiver? He saw that he was covered up in, in tight coverage, and just immediately went to the checkdown, which makes it look like that was the call play. So I don't know, uh, absent absent my knowledge of that, it's you know. But sort of bottom line, yeah, that's not that's not where you want to go with the ball. That's not the first place you want to go with the ball. That maybe is your third read, but uh, that's that shouldn't be your first or second read.
2: And maybe it's more of a factor if he just gave up on it a little early. Possibly that is possibly <laughs> what happened. Well, hey, who who gets your mini game ball on offense?
3: Yeah, I'm giving uh, mini game ball on offense to Cameron Sims. Uh, I, I like the way uh, at times he looked and and he saw some growing up. And he's only a true freshman, but he had three catches, had a touchdown, and uh, had a very nice on uh, one of Henry's runs. Uh, had a very nice uh, block. Uh, took on a safety that was a, a little bit bigger than than he was, and and uh, allowed uh, the the running back to get in behind him. So I, th- I thought he played. Uh, I thought he played really well. I think there's a lot of promise that Cameron Sims has. So he gets my mini game ball. All
2: right. Well, since you couldn't do it, I'm gonna take care of it for you. My mini game ball is gonna to go to Michael, Mr. Michael Nicewander Um right, there you go. for the for, for the for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, he's the true embodiment of our mini game ball. Uh, he got a lot of play in the second half. You know, Hoover high school graduate from a great football program in Hoover, Alabama, and uh, for the reasons you said, you know, just very happy for the kid to get uh, probably the only touchdown of his career uh, in this football game.
3: Look at you on the all pronunciation team, so Sean <laughs> hey, and Nace wander Man,
2: hey, hey wow. flip the field, flip, flip flip the, flip, flip the field to defense, man. How? How cringing with all the guys going down hurt um how cringing were you when you saw the stupid chop block from the from the two offensive linemen on Sean robinson
3: well and it was frustrating uh they did it again uh with uh with d liner uh he wasn't dinged but uh yeah that's kind of frustrating that uh that they would do that um you know I, it was I pretty I blat-
2: it. it was pretty blatant too. I mean, my, yeah, my, my I mean, question to you was, is were you just saying, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, because every guy that went down was like, a, these are guys that we can't afford to lose. Right. And, yeah. and I'm oh, yeah. sorry, on the on the defense, you know, he's a he's a T.J. Yeldon of the defense. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's he's a you know, he's a big old body and he's an important player. And, uh, you know, he's he's, you know, continued to improve and, and play well all season. So, yeah, I hated to see him. Uh, go down. I know he got dinged up in, in fall camp and we kind of brought him along slowly from there. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, he can recover quickly and, and be ready to go. Uh, yeah, that was a little frustrating. He did it again against D-Liner. Again, he didn't get hurt. But, you know, if they did it twice and were flagged, you know, they probably did it three or four more times and, and uh, you know, a little more discreet, probably got away with it. But, um, yeah, that's that's a dangerous block. Uh, I know it used to just be how you how you block, but uh, that's a dangerous fuck and, and you can really get somebody hurt uh, in a bad way in that situation. So I'm just glad that none of our guys got um, injured any more significantly than, uh, than they were, um, you know, with those. Well if, kind of blocking if I,
2: well, if I'm coach Saban, I'm like, look, we gave you a half a million dollars two years ago. We're giving you a half a million dollars today. If you want to ever see a half a million dollars again in Bryant Denny, you better stop that crap. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. No chuck block when you come here. Right. Yeah. Uh, it does make you wonder, right? You get you know, if you can have those kinds of stipulations and those kinds of uh, those kind of contracts. I
2: mean, come on! I know those guys were getting manhandled by A. Sean and Jaron Reed all day, but come on. The uh, what what else jumped out at you on on defense?
3: You know, two things I would say really jumped out uh, at me. Uh, one of them, I just you know, the bottom line is we only allowed twenty three yards rushing. And that is pretty darn significant. Uh, I think 13, it
2: was on thirteen carries, David. Thirteen carries, yeah. mind you. That makes it even sound better, right?
3: Yeah, I, you know that. Uh, I think that uh, you know they they, were, or they went to try to do uh, some matchups more in, in the passing game and had you know some incremental success there. But the fact that you know we held them to twenty three yards rushing, uh, the fact that we were able to to really slow down the Mississippi state, uh, rushing Russian attack. Uh, I like, you know, kind of back to back, how that stands up, uh, is preparation for Auburn. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, we've talked about the difference in sort of these spread attack teams and, and some teams are spread, uh, past teams and some teams are spread, uh, running teams and Auburn, I think is more of the, of the running variety. And so the fact that we've had, uh, we've played a number of up-tempo teams, uh, this season and it kind of back to back we've played some uptempo teams that are more inclined um, or, you know, or at least going to bring some some running with a mobile quarterback. And the fact that, you know, I don't know if, know if I want to say shut them down, but 23 yards rushing and I, I guess that is shutting down the uh, Western Carolina. Uh, Dak had a few more yards than that, you know, right at 90 something yards, but it speaks to success. Uh, up front against these type of teams, and we're going to need that against Auburn. So I think, uh, that's one of the big takeaways I have from defenses is, is, uh, you know, the, you know, we only allow 221 yards passing, right? And if you take the 14 points, you could say that we gave them 14 points, but, you know, one was an inadvertent whistle on a fumble. That should have been our ball. And Absolutely. the other, you know, they got the ball on a fumble. And if you go back and look at their reception, uh, you could reason that maybe he didn't possess the ball through uh, the you know the full you know full the uh, through the full reception, and maybe that one shouldn't have counted either. Uh, and so that's you know to me that's kind of interesting. You know they were right there with 14 points, and we only had 17 points. But but you could make a case that you know maybe they should only have had you know three or seven or you know points in that kind of ballpark.
2: No, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you about that call where they got to to keep the ball here in just a minute. But going back to your run comment, out of the 13 carries, uh, six came from the quarterback. And those were not, you know, some of those were just scrambles that, you know, turned into rushing, you know, plays. Um, I think they abandoned the run pretty quickly. Um, sure. You know, two of those runs were at the end of the half when they were just running the clock out. And so yep. um, I think they realized very quickly that that running the ball is not going to work on these guys. And um, our our strength is to uh, our strength is to try to um, our, our I mean their their longest run from carry from a running back uh, was four yards, and their quarterback had one draw play for eight yards. And so that was they had two runs out of thirteen where they really where they really did anything. Um, what did you think about the inadvertent whistle? Um, you know that that's a that's a frustrating rule that the offense can can decide what they want to do there. Um, you know, I'd, I'd hate to be that official that was blowing, that was tooting on that whistle when he shouldn't have been.
3: Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, that is a frustrating rule. I agree with you there. Uh, you know, you saw Trey Priest pick it up and the kind of act tentative with it, uh, acting like maybe the play was over, but. Uh, you know, kind of play continued, but you know clearly there was a whistle, and uh the fact that that saved them from a turnover that's pretty darn frustrating and uh you know of course they they did what a good team does, and they turned that into points. they didn't just die on the bond there, but uh they converted that into points, and relative to sort of the history of their program and and um uh you know in their league, they are a good team, and so they were able to capitalize. Uh, on that situation, that was certainly frustrating. But yeah, that official—you think of, of an experienced uh, SEC uh, uh, crew—that's a—that's a pretty bush league mistake uh, to, to to be early on a whistle like that. That, that to me is bush league. And, no, and the whistle—the the whistle wasn't like while the play was you know kind of still going on. The ball was on the ground. Uh, the ball you know was was on the ground at the point, uh, of the whistle. And you think, well, you know, the place you could say, you know, if the play is going to stop at the whistle, then, you know, it's Alabama ball. And so that, you know, that they get, you know, a governor's reprieve on that possession, that's just frustrating. And and that's something, you know, that, you know, that, yeah, I wouldn't want to be that, that crewman that, uh, that did that. And, you know, I think he's going to get, uh, Uh, some talking to about that because that's that's pretty bad that's uh that's doing your job pretty poorly there
2: no absolutely what do you think about their passing game you know that kid benson had nine catches for 118 yards but they they seem to be choosing to pick on cyrus jones you know i didn't go back and look at the distribution of how many passes you know went eddie jackson's way versus cyrus but you know right out of the gates you know how you know how most offenses are scripting their first plays right well after that inadvertent whistle uh 3 plays later you know sideline pass to K Benson for 21 yards against Cyrus the very next play sideline pass to K Benson for 31 yards to the nine against Cyrus so he got two catches back to back on that first drive for he, he got 52 yards of his 118 yards on two plays on the opening drive and you know that's what they scripted so I, I just find it interesting that they they were going after Cyrus, you know, out of the gate in this ball game.
3: Yeah, they certainly made a point uh, of of doing that and and uh you know it's a little frustrating for me because I you know, I think he's played well, but this may have been his worst game. Uh he didn't turn to the ball as much as uh as, as he could have. Um, you know, certainly I know not enough for you. And um, you know, and he certainly got caught up, and 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 just Flack got beat uh, a couple times, and that was frustrating. They did go after Eddie a couple times, and I think they beat him uh, a little bit as well. They uh, they knew who they wanted to go after, and, and they had some pretty good uh, success going after him. Uh, you know, we certainly have to have to know that uh, you know Auburn's going to do that as well. They're going to look at, uh, and every team's going to look on who they can pick on, who's who's the weakness. You know our past defense. I think this season has been pretty good, but uh, at the same time, I think that uh, there's opportunities uh, back there, and, and this team seemed to call out a couple of them.
2: Well, it just made me wonder with them scripting those plays that that's where they chose to go with the ball. So that was yeah. that was just an interesting choice there on their part. Um, what else jumped out at you on defense? Did you uh, did you? Um, I'm probably going to ruin your mini game ball, but. Did you did you like to see the aggressiveness of Frazier when he got in there and made that play?
3: Yeah, I really did. I I really like the the youngster in there. I like the uh uh Rashawn Evans and uh, uh uh Tim Jackson uh getting in there, or Tim Williams rather, uh getting in there and getting after the quarterback. I like the emotion that uh that Tim demonstrated. Had uh, had and, and Tim actually split a double team uh to make the play. And had he, you know, kind of been held up and not gotten through, you know, Rashad Evans was right there to to get the play, and so they were both uh, sort of meeting at the quarterback, if you will. And so uh, I like seeing I like seeing both of those those guys out there. There were a couple times that uh, you know I'm going to talk about uh, DePriest and Ragland. Uh, just you know, when you, what's the difference between an FBS team and you know a team like Alabama? There were a couple tackles. There were a couple hits that uh, the priest and Ragland hit uh, that just demonstrated the the difference in physicality. Uh, You know, Ragland is, I mean, he's a big boy and he's going to knock some people down, but you know, he's hit some sec running backs and, and it's been a collision. Um, He, he hit, you know, he hit the runner for uh, uh, West uh, West, uh, Carolina a couple of times and it was just like going through a paper mache doll. It was like, it was like running through, you know, the, the sheet of paper that the cheerleaders hold up that the teams run through. I mean, he just ran through the guy and uh, you know, sent the guy flying. And so that difference in physicality uh, to me was really stark uh, in a couple of the plays there by those big linebackers.
2: No, no, absolutely. Um, what did you think about um, the amount of work that Geno got uh, apparently yeah. Jarrett Williams got banged up in the game and that's why we didn't see him as much that, that obviously, uh, gave Geno Smith some more run.
3: Yeah. You know, it's, it was interesting because Jarek uh, looked like he started the game and, uh, I thought, well, that's interesting because Geno played so well and I thought the defense played so, uh, you know, played better with him in the game, uh, you know, last week. And uh and it, you know, and, and you know, Dak is a running quarterback and so you think with this quarterback, you know, why would you switch uh and not have uh have Jarek in there instead of Gino? But uh, you know, Jarek looked good and then I thought Gino came in and, and he looked good too. I, I still think for all all that we've seen from Jarek and, and him look really comfortable at times, uh I still uh I still kinda of pound the pound the drum for Gino. If he if he were getting all of these reps uh, I think we, you know, all season. Uh, I think he would look uh, as as comfortable, more comfortable. And I think we'd be getting some big plays out of him. So uh, I'm never going to root for injury. I'm never, you know, never going to kind of go that angle. But uh, you know, all things being equal, I would much rather see Geno out there. And so, if this gives him an opportunity uh, to be out there, then um, to me, it's different. You know, if Jerry's going to get hurt. Which again, I'm not rooting for that. But if he's going to get hurt and we bring Gino in, I think that we've actually improved at that position. Whereas, you know, if an H on goes out and we have to bring, you know, Brandon Ivory in, you know, we've taken a step back at that position.
2: No, that's fair. Um, Anything else jumped jumped out at you on defense? You know, I, I noticed Dylan Lee back out there, man. He he must be the cat with nine lives. How do you walk off? How how do you get assisted off the field two weeks in a row like you can't walk? And then the very next week, you're back out there.
3: Yeah, he's got he's got the knees of Rasputin or something because uh, I mean it looks like he's done. uh, You know, for the season. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then you know he's right back out there. and, And and in one of those games, he was right back out in the same game. And and so. Uh, hey, I'm glad. I'm glad that he, he's he's getting the run and, and that he's not hurt and lost in that way. But, you know, those seem to be pretty significant injuries that he's having, uh, at least in appearance. And and, uh, and he bounces, you know, right back from him. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to see that. And, you know, I think I, I think I kind of kidded to myself. He made a play and I thought, well, he made a play and didn't get carded off. So that's good. uh, but, uh Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, uh well, I definitely enjoyed seeing um I enjoyed seeing D Liner out there. Uh he's a guy I'd like to get some run. I enjoyed seeing Josh Frazier out there. You know, I enjoyed seeing Deshaun Hand out there. Um I think we did a good job on defense, more so than offense of running a bunch of guys out there and 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 getting some run in a game like this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, what else on defense or do you want to carry us so many game ball?
2: Well, real quick, before I carried too any game balls, I did want to ask you very quickly. Uh, uh, flip the field back to offense for a second. You know, Alfonso sure. Taylor and Leon Brown was in a was in a struggle, right, as to who yeah. was going to be the starter. And Leon Brown went down on that same play that Cam did. Were you surprised that, given that, you know, given everything we talked about with injuries, Leon Brown not only did he not come out that play, but he didn't come out anymore, right? until in the you know, until halfway through the third quarter. Are you surprised Alfonso didn't come in earlier there when, when there was a chance that Leon was hurt?
3: Well you know, I'm gonna say no and I'm gonna base that on, you know, he, he you know, and I'm not exactly sure what you know what got Leon, but you know, he was able to get back up and 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 seem to be okay and he was able to fight through it. Uh you know, there again, that's another situation where you could say I'm going to err on the side of I'm going to get him out because because he got dinged up and and so that's why I, I you that the be,
2: that's that's yeah. why I wanted to ask you the question that's just very telling to me right there
3: well is it about Alfonso it,
1: right
3: yeah no no I understand is it telling or is it because I think I think when the two linemen gone went down I think those were some of the last Injuries. Vogler may still have gotten dinged up, and and they talked about you know Fowler getting a, a stinger, and I think they made a bigger deal of that than maybe they they could have. But you know, there had been a number of injuries. You know, by the time the two linemen went down, and when they both went down, you know, there was a part of me that's like, well, you know, are we just are we just snake bit on this? And so if you react to I've got to bring two linemen in here and, and, you know, these guys aren't going to play and do demonstrate that we're snake bit by this, uh, to the team, or do you say he's good enough to play? He's going to keep playing. And, and you try not to make a thing of it. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm sort of over breaking it down in the wrong way, but, uh, you know, if he was good to go, he's good to go. And you leave him out there. I, I don't
2: know. Okay. Um, well I'll flip back to defense now. Many, many game ball, You know, just in the pure spirit uh, of mini game ball, um, I I think I want to break that ball in half. And uh, I've kind of already kind of, you know, gave it away, but I want to give half of that to D liner and I want to give the other half to Josh Frazier. Um, D liner gets the first half of it, the bigger half, because I didn't cut it quite perfectly in half like I should have. Uh, D liner gets that bigger half, man, because, you know, he lost his red shirt last year for a couple football plays. And so I, I like the kid getting to get out in this football game. And uh, and I like seeing the kid, Josh Frazier. And um, I, I like this youth getting some opportunities to make some plays.
3: Yes, I, I, I agree with that. And I'm going to kind of stick with the defensive line theme. And I'm going to go Jonathan Allen uh, with my mini game ball. Uh, there's not – you know, his stat line wasn't spectacular. Uh, but when he was on the field, he was just a ball of hustle uh, disrupting the line, uh, disrupting the backfield. And he, he is one of those, you know, linemen that we've brought in that, uh, more of the speed lineman, more of, uh, you know, attack the quarterback and, 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 and uh, you know, apply the pressure a little more speed, a little different than what you what you get from you know the big centers or the big nose guards that we've that we've had. He's he's sort of the special breed of defensive uh, defensive end that we've been playing. He seemed to demonstrate a significant amount of hustle each of the last several weeks, and and uh, he just flashed for me a couple times, and and so I thought, well, that's you know I, I like what he represents. I'm going to give him the the mini game ball here, and, and I'm excited about what he can do. Uh, against this Auburn team. So my mini game ball is Jonathan Allen.
2: All right, man. Well uh talk to me about special teams, man. Uh we got to, we got to see some more punter love there, man.
3: You know what's awesome is we got to see uh my boy PK uh but he didn't punt uh zero punts. He had nine kickoffs. You know, one went out of bounds. He had four touchbacks though. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he was getting some, some run and, you know, in Griffin, Adam Griffith's um, uh, defense, you know, he was held out for injury and, uh, and, and it had been, at least in what I've been tracking, it had been undisclosed what his injury was, but it seems like it came out uh, that he had a a back injury. And so in my estimation, geez, you know, as a kicker and you've got, uh, you know, back troubles. That you know, that's I could see where you every time you you wound up to kick the ball, um, you know you'd, you'd expect some excruciating pain, and that could I could see where that would be a, a distraction. So hopefully he's going to bounce back from that. You know, back injuries are you know once you have him, you seem to always have them. So I hope that uh, he's able to rebound from that. But uh, it's good to see PK get some uh, put that leg to use with uh, some kickoff returns, and uh, Gunnar Rayborn uh, he was two of three. Uh, at the uh, the field goal uh, duties what would you think about him
2: well I was going to ask you man I'm surprised that he was out there I mean don't you think you should have had PK in that situation I mean what if, what if you find out that Adam can't come back next week you know they they purposely you know they they had the true freshman you know attempting 28 yards and 31 yards was his longest one but you're not going to see Gunnar Rayborn attempt a 48-yarder in the Auburn game, are you? And if Adam well, Griffith yeah. can't go, I mean, shouldn't PK been taking some of these field goals?
3: Well, you know, it makes you wonder, are we – and, you know, and this is just pure speculation, but what would we have done had it been a 40-yarder? Would we have let Gunnar kick that or would we have gone with PK – was the game plan to have a short kicker and a long kicker and we just didn't need to use a long kicker. I, you know, that, I don't know, uh, you know, to your point, should we have at least gotten him a kick? Well, you know, you can reason either side of that, but if your game plan was to go with a short one and a long one and that's going to be your plan, then, you know, executing into that plan, I think is, uh, I think is, is probably appropriate.
2: Well, that's a good point that you make because we were sitting there in the first quarter when Blake Sims got intercepted. We were at the 29-yard line, and as I look at the stat sheet and, and look at where we ended our drives, that was probably the only time that we would have seen a 40-something-yard field goal. Uh, so in the first quarter, we, we, we you know that would have been a time for us to see if that could have happened. Um, right. Anything else jumped out at you? Uh, what would you think about Reuben Foster? He was able to get up and walk off the field.
3: He was, but, uh, he, he, you know, he didn't look right doing it. And, uh, you know, of course he's on the, the list of injury reports, you know, and, and what's funny is, is, uh, you know, they spotlighted him. They had, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess the producer said, put a camera on this guy because he blows people up on special teams and, and, and he sure does. But then, you know, he hobbles to the sideline or wobbles to the sideline. Oh man, uh, he
2: did not look right coming to the sideline at all. No, he didn't, and
3: I hate you know I hate to say it and you know and I, I look I hope that I'm wrong I hope you're right about this kid but uh, I think he's going to keep this up and he's going to have to give up the game and and uh, you know you're thinking if he can you know turn the corner that he'll be you know a stud linebacker I I don't know I, I don't know that I see that even if he's not getting dinged up on special teams but if he's going to continue to to get dinged up this way on special teams. You know, and have these neck injuries and, and, you know, knock himself out of practice. That just speaks to, you know, concussions and repeated concussions and long-term impacts and, you know, hurting your neck when you tackle. That just speaks – that starts down a path that it's hard to come back from. And he's either got got to fix it and, uh, you know, because we heard Saban even during, you know, spring practice when he's mic'd up. You know, you got to look at what you hit. You can't lower your head, and uh, you know that's something that we, you know, we saw even during spring practice. And so, the, you know, as he continues to to do that, you know, we'll see. And I'm not rooting for it, and I'm not, you know, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm sure. openly hoping I'm wrong. But uh, boy, I just see those dots connect. You watch enough football, and you see enough things over the years, like we have, and you just see, man, this is trending in a way that, that I, I don't feel good about. And that's that's what I'll say. Uh, or that's what I see when when I look at Reuben Foster. So, you know, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong there.
2: Well, Hey man, uh, are we gonna, are we gonna make some calls? I mean, we know some guys on the Georgia coaching staff, do we need to make some calls and and ask them what they did to, to kick Auburn's tail like they did two weeks ago?
3: (laughs) You know, that's uh, I want their
2: blueprint, right?
3: Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you make a good point, right? Because Jeremy Pruitt's over there running their offense and or their defense rather. And, uh, you'd have to think that, you know, you, you know, you teach what you know, and he knows our defense. And so, you know, you wonder if, if we don't look at that and say, well, you know, here's how they modeled their version of our defense, uh, to stop Auburn. Here's how we're stopping these running quarterbacks and these running teams what can we blend together uh, across the two? And, you know, even though we had a game this week, uh, you know, the coaching staff has had, uh, and you think of the defensive GAs, you know, they've had two weeks to sort of dissect and and, uh, excruciating detail, you know, how Georgia using, again, sort of our template, our defense template, uh, how they use that. Uh, to to slow down Auburn, so yeah, you'd like to think that there's some carryover there. Now, whether or not they have a phone conversation, I don't know. But uh, and I would actually say probably not. Um, you know, I was kidding given... about
2: the phone call, but man, I mean, they they literally, um, you know, Auburn rushed the ball 35 times, and and they got 150 yards. Uh, but the biggest thing that I noticed is Georgia was able to you know put them in third and longs. And you know this is not a Georgia podcast, but my my point of bringing this game up is is when Nick Marshall got in an obvious third and long, they did a conservative play call and punted the ball. They didn't yes. gamble on third and twenty. They weren't going for the first down when it was too far. If if when it was out of reach, they're like, okay, we're done.
3: Well, it's like you said against Dak. You know, let's make him let's make him pass the ball. Let's make him one dimensional, and this make his dimension passing. Which is not, you know, his strong suit. And uh, you know, Nick Marshall, you could ar- could argue is maybe a better uh, passer than Dak. I don't know, but uh, if you can, if we can take away his running game and make him one dimensional, the the lesser of his dimensions is passing the ball. So, uh, you know, hopefully there's an opportunity to do that. And if we can stick with our receivers, and this is the thing that's frustrating, you know, when you when you watch Auburn, if you can stick with their receivers down the field. Because they'll run, they'll run, they'll run, and then they'll just bomb. They'll just play, and then they'll just, you know, throw non-routes. And uh, man, if you can just stick with the receivers down the field, and and watch the ball and bat the ball away, um, you know, I think you can take their take away their deep threat. But uh, you know, you got to do it. And so, I guess that remains to be seen. But yeah, I think that I think uh, it's a good point. I think that we're going to kind of. Look at what, how how is Georgia how did they deploy sort of their version of our defense again Jeremy Pruitt right uh, and, and so how do we uh, learn from that and uh, and redeploy it ourselves so that'll be fun to watch uh, what kind of prediction do you have uh, for their well I'd guys? love
2: to I'd love to see the forty nine nothing repeat from two years ago um, but you know that's not going to happen um, you know last year was pretty frustrating because in the second half. It it seemed like it was an outscore. You know, who's going to outscore who? And in the second half, it was like whoever's going to have the ball last is going to win the ball game. I do think these guys have seen that stupid, you know, that stupid play at the end of that game a gazillion times. I bet you they've got it on the TVs in the locker room running continuous. I think they've crammed it down their throats. You know, my biggest concern is injuries. Um, I'm just concerned with some of these guys being banged up. I'd feel a lot better if we were going in healthy. Um, but I think we're going to want to, I think we're going to, you know, we're at home, which is good. And, uh, I think we're going to want to get the taste of that game last year out of our mouth. You know, I, I see something like a 28, I see something like a 28, 13 game. Uh, I I think we're going to win by double digits and, um, we're not going to kick field goals because we won't have a field goal kicker. I think they get one touchdown and two field goals and that's your final score.
0: Okay.
3: You know, I could see a twenty-four-fourteen, twenty-four-thirteen, that kind of uh uh that kind of, of ball game. I think that um uh, I think that we're gonna want to come out and be aggressive with the ball early and um I think that we're be better suited and run the ball early, you know, and sort of lure them into the play action. Uh, if we come out, you know, striking a ball down the field, which we have done a number of times this season, sometimes with success, sometimes with not, I think I think their DBs come into the game expecting that, and uh, you know, you sort of lose some advantage when when you do that. And so, I think that we would be better suited to run the ball, uh, frustrate their offense because they're spending time. Uh, on the bench, wear out their defense because guess what? We can we can have a, a multiplier effect in wearing out their defense. Their offense is quick, uh which means they're either going to score quickly or they're gonna go three and out quickly. And if they're if their offense is putting their defense on the field uh so much uh you know so often, well why don't we exacerbate that by running the ball and keeping them out there. If you're gonna keep putting them out there, we're gonna keep them out here. You know, while they're here. And uh, and I think that if, if we went in with sort of that game plan, then um, I think that we can move the ball against this team. You know, just like Auburn, just like uh, Saban said against LSU, we can move the ball on the ground against this team. Well, guess what? LSU is a better defense than Auburn is, and so if we think we can move the ball on the ground against LSU, then we sure as hell can move the ball on the ground uh, against Auburn. And if if we do that and just wear out that defense, uh, it could get uh, you know we could. Uh, you know, have a much larger score differential in the second half if we're able to wear them down. I don't know that we'll do that. I don't know that we'll go with that game plan because we've not seen us do it all year. And so I, you know, I'm going into this game a little bit frustrated because we're not going to play it the way I'd like to play it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that's that's why I come up with similar to what you're doing, uh, a, a, maybe a tighter score than what I would want it to be. Uh, you know, 24-14 kind of kind of ball game. You know.
0: We should run the ball more. Well, well, that's the theme of next
3: week's
2: show. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, I think that we need to do to them what LSU did to us. Yeah. LSU had 53 carries. Georgia had 52 rushes against Auburn. Out of 71 plays, Georgia rushed 52 times. Their quarterback was 10 of 19. Big deal. They didn't care. Because they rushed fifty two times for two hundred and eighty nine yards, we need to carry the rock fifty freaking times in this ball game.
0: Right, and you
3: know that George is going to do that. So it's it's not like oh they lined up and 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 they and they caught us. No, George is going to run the ball. That's that's what they do. And so you think, well, Auburn if, – if Auburn can gear up to stop the run, they would have already geared up to stop the run. And the fact that they got gashed against Georgia is not so much that they didn't plan for the run, it's they can't stop it. They cannot right. stop it. And so if we line up, to your point, and, and force feed the ball down their throat, you know, 50 times, um, you know, and here's what's ironic, right? We will score more points doing that. Than if we pass the ball, you know, yes, thirty times.
2: Because we'll we dash one for thirty points. forty yards. Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we'll just continually move the ball, continually move the ball, and then that'll put their offense, uh, I think, in a bind. And then we can go nickel and dime on on defense, and uh, and and I think have a little more success, uh, you know, stopping them. And so we can dictate how they play offense by how we play offense because their defense is, is you know, would will just be a seven. So if we just if we can force feed them the ball, we'll score in the thirties. Uh, you know, that would that would get us up into the thirties, I think, pretty easily. You know, I could envision a thirty-five, uh thirty-five to seven type ball game even, you know, maybe thirty maybe even thirteen. But uh, yeah. you know, in that situation, I, I see where we could control the ball, control the day. We rack up 35, and we just out-physical them up and down the the field. I could absolutely see that if we would run out uh, that type of formation. And I wonder if, you know, in the office in Tuscaloosa, even if we record this, if if Saban and, and Kiffin aren't having the same conversation.
2: Well, I think that's the biggest difference in this Auburn team, right, from last year is they're just not as good against the run as they were even last year. And right. I just hope that I hope that Nick Saban, you know, kind of trumps Kiffin a little bit in this ball game and says, no, this is going to be our game plan in this ball game and this is what yep. we're going to do. Yep.
3: Yep. I certainly hope so and and uh you know if that gives us an opportunity to to use Cooper as a decoy and, and maybe give him you know, he might be out there running a couple of routes, but uh, giving him maybe a little bit more rest, uh, you know, for what we have ahead. You know, I think that would be uh, a good strategy as well. And then if you want to uh, – if you think about Cam Robinson and, and his knee, you know, hey, Dominic Jackson is uh, is a powerful drive blocker. And, uh, you know, you could put some guys out there that can be powerful drive blockers, even if they're not the best in pass production. Hell, if we're going to run the ball fifty times, and I, I don't mind tipping our hand in that way either. We're going to put our our bruisers up at the line, and and uh, we're just uh, showing it, you what
2: we're going to yeah. do. Yep, try yeah. to stop.
3: Stop it! Stop it! So no,
2: I, anyway, I look, I look, I look forward to it. I'd like to see some eight, nine, ten minute drives in this ball game, uh, yeah. and I'd like to see us really take the air out of the football and say Blake Sims, we don't need you to complete, but ten or fifteen passes in this ball game.
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, we talk about you know, looking at what Georgia did on defense, but my gosh, if we overlook what they did on offense, then that would just be foolish. That would just be foolish because uh, you know, you you could say that we've got a better quarterback than what Georgia has, uh, and, and we should be able to line up and and uh and run the ball not too dissimilarly, uh, but then we can do some play action over on top of that. Um, yeah, if we'll come out with that game plan I think that uh, I think we'd have good success uh, against these guys, any other thoughts you you have? Uh, you know, kind of wrapping up Western Carolina and uh, the comments that we've had about uh, Auburn.
2: No, man, I'm just ready to get this game going. Is it Saturday yet?
3: Well, you know, it's ice tub time and uh, uh, physical therapy time, and so let's give those guys all the time that they need for that. Uh, I kind of kidded before. If we've got the athletic department riding the kids to class on go car- on uh, golf carts, I'm fine with that too. I uh, just want to see everyone uh, healthy and and ready to go against Auburn and and I think the emotion that we lacked against Western Carolina, uh, I mean, after the emotion of LSU, the emotion of Mississippi State, knowing that Auburn's coming, knowing that this, knowing what could potentially even exist beyond that, I'm not surprised that we've had a little bit of letdown. I don't think it means anything, uh, but boy, I think we're going to have some emotion, and I'm glad this game's in uh, in Bryant Denny. It should be uh, should be a good. One.
2: Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it.
3: Well, I've got one one other note, and I'm away from um, iTunes at home, and so if we've gotten some reviews, we'll get to those in the next show. Uh, so if you haven't left a review, get out there and do that, and we'll give you a shout-out next week uh, in the Iron Bowl show. But uh, I want to give just a, a tip of the hat to uh, uh, old D. Hart uh, that's uh, playing out of Colorado State. Uh, he put up six touchdowns uh, in a route uh, against New Mexico. He had over 230 yards uh, rushing. So glad to see D Hart and uh, Jim McElwain having some success out there at uh, uh, Colorado state. So that's a, give a look at that I hat to, uh, to those guys.
2: No, absolutely, man. That is, that is good for him that, uh, that he had that type of a game. That's awesome.
3: Absolutely. So that yeah, that's another edition of the Alabama football podcast powered by Bama hammer roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama football podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide.
0: Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll tie.